Chapter Fifty of Miss Marchbanks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Miss Marchbanks by Mrs. Oliphant. Chapter Fifty. Mr. Ashburton, it may be supposed, had but little time to think on that eventful evening, and yet he was thinking all the way home, as he drove back in the chilly spring night to his own house. If his further course of action had been made in any way to depend upon the events of this day, it was now settled beyond all further uncertainty, and though he was not a man in his first youth, nor a likely subject for a romantic passion, still he was a little excited by the position in which he found himself miss marchbanks had been his inspiring genius and had interested herself in his success in the warmest and fullest way and if ever a woman was made for a certain position lucilla was made to be the wife of the member for carlingford long long ago at the very beginning of her career when it was of mr cavendish that everybody was thinking the ideal fitness of this position had struck everybody circumstances had changed since then and mr cavendish had fallen and a worthier hero had been placed in his stead but though the person was changed the circumstances remained unaltered natural fitness was indeed so apparent that many people would have been disposed to say that it was lucilla's duty to accept mr ashburton even independent of the fact that in other respects also he was perfectly eligible but with all this the new member for carlingford was not able to assure himself that there had been anything particular in lucilla's manner to himself with her as with carlingford it was pure optimism he was the best man and her quick intelligence had divined it sooner than anybody else had done whether there was anything more in it mr ashburton could not tell his own impression was that she would accept him but if she did not he would have no right to complain of encouragement or to think himself jilted this was what he was thinking as he drove home but at the same time he was very far from being in a desponding state of mind he felt nearly as sure that lucilla would be his wife as if they were already standing before the rector in carlingford church he had just won one victory which naturally made him feel more confident of winning another and even without entertaining any over-exalted opinion of himself it was evident that under all the circumstances a woman of thirty with two hundred a year would be a fool to reject such an offer and lucilla was the very furthest in the world from being a fool it was in every respect the beginning of a new world to mr ashburton and it would have been out of nature had he not been a little excited after the quiet life he had led at the firs biding his time he had now to look forward to a busy and important existence half of it spent amid the commotion and ceaseless stir of town a new career a wife a new position the most important in his district not much wonder if mr ashburton felt a little excited he was fatigued at the same time too much fatigued to be disposed for sleep and all these united influences swayed him to a state of mind very much unlike his ordinary sensible calm all his excitement culminated so in thoughts of lucilla that the new member felt himself truly a lover late as the hour was he took up a candle and once more made a survey all alone of his solitary house nothing could look more dismal than the dark rooms where there was neither light nor fire the great desert drawing-room for example which stood unchanged as it had been in the days of his grand-aunts the good old ladies who had bequeathed the first to mr ashburton 
he had made no change in it and scarcely ever used it keeping to his library and the dining-room with the possibility no doubt always before him of preparing it in due course of time for his wife the moment had now arrived and in his excitement he went into the desolate room with his candle which just made the darkness visible and tried to see the dusky curtains and faded carpet and the indescribable fossil air which everything had there was the odd little spider-legged stands upon which the miss penrins had placed their work-boxes and the old sofas on which they had sat and the floods of old tapestry-work with which they had decorated their favourite sitting-room the sight of it chilled the member for carlingford and made him sad he tried to turn his thoughts to the time when this same room should be fitted up to suit lucilla's complexion and should be gay with light and with her presence he did all he could to realise the moment when with a mistress so active and energetic the whole place would change its aspect and glow forth resplendent into the twilight of the county a central point for all perhaps it was his fatigue which gained upon him just at this moment and repulsed all livelier thoughts but the fact is that however willing lucilla might turn out to be her image was coy and would not come the more mr ashburton tried to think of her as in possession here the more the grim images of the two old miss penrins walked out of the darkness and asserted their prior claims they even seemed to have got into the library before him when he went back though there his fire was burning and his lamp after that there was nothing left for a man to do even though he had been that day elected member for carlingford but to yield to the weakness of an ordinary mortal and go to bed thoughts very different but even more disturbing were going on at the same time in grange lane poor mr cavendish for one thing upbraided by everybody's looks and even by some people's words feeling himself condemned censured and despised on all sides smarting under his sister's wild reproaches and her husband's blunt commentary thereupon had slunk away from their society after dinner not seeing now why he should bear it any longer by jove if it had only been for her sake you might have left over your philandering for another night mr woodburn had said in his coarse way and it was all mr cavendish could do to refrain from saying that one time and another he had done quite enough for her sake but he did not see any reason why he should put up with it any longer he strolled out of doors though the town was still in commotion and could not but think of the sympathetic countenance which had paled to-day at the sight of the numbers of the poll she by heaven might have had reason to find fault with him and she had never done so she had never perceived that he was stout or changed from old times as he entertained these thoughts his steps going down grange lane gradually quickened but he did not say to himself where he was going he went a very roundabout way as if he did not mean it as far as st roque's and then up by the lane to the far-off desert extremity of grove street it was simply to walk off his excitement and disappointment and free himself from criticism for that evening at least but as he walked he could not help thinking that barbara if she were well dressed would still be a fine woman that her voice was magnificent in its way and that about naples perhaps or the baths of lucca or in germany or the south of france a man might be able to get on well enough with such a companion where society was not so exacting or stiff starched as in england and the end was that the feet of the defeated candidate carried him ere ever he was aware with some kind of independent volition of their own 
to mr lake's door and it may be here said once for all that this visit was decisive of mr cavendish's fate this will not be regarded as anything but a digression by such of lucilla's friends as may be solicitous to know what she was making up her mind to under the circumstances but the truth is that lucilla's historian cannot any more than miss marjoribanks herself could refrain from a certain regret over mr cavendish that was what he came to poor man after all his experiences a man who was capable of so much better things a man even who if he had made a right use of his opportunities might once have had as good a chance as any other of marrying lucilla herself if there ever was an instance of chances thrown away and lost opportunities surely here was that lamentable example and thus poor man all his hopes and all his chances came to an end as for miss marchbanks herself it would be vain to say that this was not a very exciting moment for her if there ever could be said to be a time when she temporarily lost the entire sway and control of herself and her feelings it would be at this crisis she went about all that evening like a woman in a dream for the first time in her life she not only did not know what she would do but she did not know what she wanted to do there could now be no mistaking what mr ashburton's intentions were up to a very recent time lucilla had been able to take refuge in her mourning and conclude that she had no present occasion to disturb herself but now that calm was over she could not conceal from herself that it was in her power by a word to reap all the advantages of the election and to step at once into the only position which she had ever felt might be superior to her own in carlingford at last this great testimonial of female merit was to be laid at her feet a man thoroughly eligible in every way moderately rich well connected able to restore to her all and more than all the advantages which she had lost at her father's death a man above all who was member for carlingford was going to offer himself to her acceptance and put his happiness in her hands and while she was so well aware of this she was not at all so well aware what answer she would make him lucilla's mind was in such a commotion as she sat over her embroidery that she thought it strange indeed that it did not show and could not understand how aunt jemima could sit there so quietly opposite her as if nothing was the matter but to tell the truth there was a good deal the matter with aunt jemima too which was perhaps the reason why she saw no signs of her companion's agitation mrs john marchbanks had not been able any more than her niece to shut her eyes to mr ashburton's evident meaning and now that matters were visibly coming to a crisis a sudden panic and horror had seized her what would tom say if she stood by and saw the prize snapped up under her very eyes what account could she give to her son of her stewardship how could she explain her silence as to all his wishes and intentions her absolute avoidance of his name in all her conversations with lucilla while miss marjoribanks marvelled that the emotion in her breast could be invisible and at aunt jemima's insensibility the bosom of that good woman was throbbing with equal excitement sometimes each made an indifferent remark and panted after it as if she had given utterance to the most exhausting emotions but so great was the preoccupation of both that neither observed how it was faring with the other perhaps on the whole it was aunt jemima that suffered the most for her there was nothing flattering nothing gratifying no prospects of change or increased happiness or any of the splendours of imagination involved 
all that could happen to her would be the displeasure of her son and his disappointment and it might be her fault she who could have consented to have been chopped up in little pieces if that would have done tom any good but who notwithstanding was not anxious for him to marry his cousin now that her father's fortune was all lost and she had but two hundred a year they had a silent cup of tea together at eight o'clock after that noisy exciting one at five which had been shared by half carlingford as aunt jemima thought the buzz of that impromptu assembly in which everybody talked at the same moment and nobody listened except perhaps lucilla had all died away into utter stillness but the excitement had not died away that had only risen to a white heat silent and consuming as the two ladies sat over their tea do you expect mr ashburton to-morrow lucilla aunt jemima said after a long pause mr ashburton said lucilla with a slight start and to tell the truth she was glad to employ that childish expedience to gain a little time and consider what she would say indeed i don't know if he will have time to come most likely there will be a great deal to do if he does come said mrs john with a sigh or when he does come i ought to say for you know very well he will come lucilla i suppose there is no doubt that he will have something very particular to say i am sure i don't know aunt jemima said miss marchbanks but she never raised her eyes from her work as she would have done in any other case now that the election is over you know i hope my dear i have been long enough in the world to know all about that aunt jemima said severely and what it means when young ladies take such interest in elections and then some such feeling as the dog had in the manger a jealousy of those who sought the gift though she herself did not want it came over mrs john and at the same time a sudden desire to clear her conscience and make a stand for tom she did it suddenly and went further than she meant to go but then she never dreamt it would have the least effect i would not say anything to disturb your mind lucilla if you have made up your mind but when you receive your new friends you might think of other people who perhaps have been fond of you before you ever saw them or heard their very name she was frightened at it herself before the words were out of her mouth and the effect it had upon miss marchbanks was wonderful she threw her embroidery away and looked tom's mother keenly in the face i don't think you know anybody who is fond of me aunt jemima she said i don't suppose anybody is fond of me do you said lucilla but by that time aunt jemima had got thoroughly frightened both at herself and her companion and had nothing more to say i am sure all these people to-day have been too much for you she said i wonder what they could all be thinking of for my part flocking in upon you like that so soon after i thought it was very indelicate of lady richmond and lucilla my dear your nerves are quite affected and i am sure you ought to go to bed upon which miss marchbanks recovered herself in a moment and folded up her worsted work i do feel tired she said sweetly and perhaps it was too much i think i will take your advice aunt jemima the excitement keeps one up for the moment and then it tells after i suppose the best thing to do is to go to bed much the best my dear aunt jemima said giving lucilla a kiss but she did not take her own advice she took a long time to think it all over and sat up by the side of the decaying fire until it was midnight an hour at which a female establishment like this should surely have been all shut up and at rest and lucilla did very much the same thing 
wondering greatly what her aunt could tell her if she had a mind and having the greatest inclination in the world to break into her chamber and see at any risk what was in tom's last letter if she could have seen that it might have thrown some light on the problem lucilla was discussing or given her some guidance through her difficulties it was just then that mr ashburton was inviting her image into the fossil drawing-room and finding nothing but the grim shades of the miss penryn's answer to his call perhaps this was because lucilla's image at that moment was called upon more potently from another quarter in a more familiar voice but after this exhausting day and late sitting up everybody was late in the morning at least in grange lane miss marchbanks had slept little all night and she was not in a more settled state of mind when the day returned which probably would bring the matter to a speedy decision her mind was like a country held by two armies one of which by turns swept the other into a corner but only to be driven back in its turn after the unaccountable stupidity of the general public after all the cavendishes beverleys and riders who had once had it in their power to distinguish themselves by at least making her an offer and who had not done it here at last in all good faith honesty and promptitude had appeared a man superior to them all a man whom she would have no reason to be ashamed of in any particular sensible like herself public-spirited like herself a man whose pursuits she could enter into fully who had a perfectly ideal position to offer her and in whose person indeed all sorts of desirable qualities seemed to meet miss marchbanks when she considered all this and thought over all their recent intercourse and the terms of friendship into which the election had brought them felt as any other sensible person would have felt that there was only one answer which could be given to such a man if she neglected or played with his devotion then certainly she never would deserve to have another such possibility afforded to her and merited nothing better than to live and die a single woman on two hundred a year but then on the other hand there would rush forth a crowd of quick-coming and fantastic suggestions which took away lucilla's breath and made her heart beat loud what if there might be other people who had been fond of her before she ever heard mr ashburton's name what if there might be some one in the world who was ready not to offer her his hand and fortune in a reasonable way as mr ashburton no doubt would but to throw himself all in a heap at her feet and make the greatest fool of himself possible for her sake miss marjoribanks had been the very soul of good sense all her days but now her ruling quality seemed to forsake her and yet she could not consent to yield herself up to pure unreason without a struggle she fought manfully womanfully against the weakness which hitherto must have been lying hidden in some out-of-the-way corner in her heart probably if mr ashburton had asked her all at once amid the excitement of the election or at any other unpremeditated moment lucilla would have been saved all this self-torment but it is hard upon a woman to have a proposal hanging over her head by a hair as it were and to look forward to it without any uncertainty or mystery and have full time to make up her mind and there was no accounting for the curious force and vividness with which that strange idea about other people upon which aunt jemima would throw no light had come into lucilla's head she was still in the same frightful chaos of uncertainty when mr ashburton was shown into the drawing-room she had not even heard him ring and was thus deprived of the one possible moment of coming to a decision before she faced and confronted her fate miss marchbanks's heart gave a great jump and then she recovered herself and rose up without faltering and shook hands with him 
she was all alone for aunt jemima had not found herself equal to facing the emergency and there was not the least possibility of evading or postponing or in any way running away from it now lucilla sat down again upon her sofa where she had been sitting and composed herself with a certain despairing tranquillity and trusted in providence she had thrown herself on other occasions though never at an equally important crisis upon the inspiration of the moment and she felt it would not forsake her now i should be sorry the election was over said mr ashburton who was naturally a little agitated too if i thought its privileges were over and you would not let me come i shall always think i owe my success to you and i would thank you for being so kind so very kind to me if-oh dear no pray don't say so cried lucilla i only felt sure that you were the best man the only man for carlingford i wish i might prove the best man for something else said the candidate nervously and then he cleared his throat i would say you have been kind if i did not hope if i was not so very anxious that you should be something more than kind it may be vain of me but i think we could get on together i think i could understand you and do you justice lucilla what is the matter good heavens is it possible that i have taken you quite by surprise what caused this question was that miss marchbanks had all at once changed colour and given a great start and put her hand to her breast where her heart had taken such a leap that she felt it in her throat but it was not because of what mr ashburton was saying it was because one of the very commonest sounds of everyday existence a cab driving down grange lane but then it was a cab driving in such a way that you could have sworn there was somebody in it in a terrible hurry and who had just arrived by the twelve o'clock train oh no no said miss marchbanks i know you have always done me more than justice mr ashburton and so have all my friends and i am sure we will always get on well together i wish you joy with all my heart and i wish you every happiness and i always thought up to this very last moment lucilla stopped again and once more put her hand to her breast her heart gave another jump and if such a thing were possible to a heart went off from its mistress altogether and rushed downstairs bodily to see who was coming yet with all her agitation she had still enough self-control to lift an appealing look a look which threw herself upon his mercy and implored his forbearance to mr ashburton's face as for the member for carlingford he was confounded and could not tell what to make of it what was it she had thought up to the very last moment was this a refusal or was she only putting off his claim or was it something altogether independent of him and his intentions that agitated lucilla to such an unusual extent while he sat in his confusion trying to make it out the most startling sound interrupted the interview the old disused bell that had so often called dr marchbanks up at night and which hung near the door of the old doctor's room just over the drawing-room began to peal through the silence as if rung by a hand too impatient to notice what it was with which it made its summons papa's bell miss marchbanks cried with a little shriek and she got up trembling and then dropped upon her seat again and in her agitated state burst into tears and mr ashburton felt that under these most extraordinary circumstances even so sensible a woman as lucilla might be justified in fainting embarrassing and uncomfortable as that would be i will go and see what it means he said with still half the air of a man who had a right to go and see and was as it were almost in his own house 
as he turned round the night-bell pealed wildly below in correction of the mistake it was evident that somebody wanted admission who had not a moment to lose and who was in the habit of pulling wildly at whatever came in his way mr ashburton went out of the room to see who it was a little amused and a little alarmed but much annoyed at bottom as was only natural at such an interruption he did not very well know whether he was accepted or rejected but it was equally his duty in either case to put a stop to the ringing of that ghostly bell he went away meaning to return immediately and have it out and know his fate and lucilla whose heart had come back having fully ascertained who it was and was now choking her with his beating was left to await the new event and the new comer alone End of chapter 50 Recording by Maricel Quee